Hello, everyone, and welcome to Subsegment, a show where we discuss all things queer, kinky, nerdy, and taboo. I'm one of your hosts, Irony. And I am Pop Noodles, your co-host, and I welcome you to Subsegment. Today we have my very good friend and one of my play partners of Poi Howdy, I think, 10 years. Um, Sounds right. <laughs> my, my very good friend, Mix X. Mi- Hello. Blah. My very good friend, Mix S. There we go. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Um, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? I am a human. Who <laughs> <laughs> is also a? I I guess I I mean I make music. I work in technology, and uh, I guess the reason for being on the show today, particularly, I've been into uh, various kinds of masochism for as long as I can remember. Yes, as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> and they are also gender fluid, which is uh, another sort of mm-hmm. point to our show, discussing gender and queer identities as well as kinks. So yeah. this is mm-hmm. always a, a good a good introduction. I'd say those thoughts have been with me just as long to some degree, although not just as, as long as your kink thoughts. I remember. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- question. Mm-hmm. I guess which came first, kinks or gender? In 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 uh, gender exploration, I, I suppose. Okay, going well. That's a really tough one because I don't remember when it's anything started. Of course, my very. It's not like a first memory of anything, right? Like I remember mm-hmm. when I was five years old. Um, uh, we had a whole bunch of friends of the family. My my house is like a revolving door, basically, with kids coming and going from other families. And down the street, I was playing doctor with a girl my age and she <laughs> decided to grab my balls and i was really into it apparently um, <laughs> trying to recreate it at home in my bedroom <laughs> for some time after that but at the same time i would like uh i remember like going to the library and there was like those books that had like the little fairy creatures like those little femme fairy mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in 80s whatever those were and i would just have all these fantasies of them basically um cutting my balls off and doing stuff with that and <laughs> yes. beating me up and stuff right so that's like age five uh the gender stuff i don't i do have first memories more like in when i started going to school maybe like grade one just being intrigued by the idea of not being a, a being boy or girl and i mm. would even meet people like that occasionally like it wasn't a language back then but you would talk to people who would kind of not be you know try to work around it somehow like yes. um i would be asking people about boy girls that was my term back then yes. <laughs> um uh i remember going to a playground once and meeting this person and, and the person was totally like you know uh presenting like a tomboy i guess and and mm question me on what I, th- I thought their gender was at the time so mm-hmm. um yeah uh, like uh, that stuff got really pushed out of my brain though because like religion took over for yeah. many years right so i don't think it was until probably like my late 20s where i it was out f- fully got out of uh all that religious indoctrination to start thinking about it again 
Mm-hmm. Um, the kink did not go away because you just can't ignore that. It's just. You know. <laughs> I mean, would you would you say uh, I would like to touch a little bit on the religious indoctrination stuff sure. momentarily? If but first, yeah. I want to know: yeah. uh, Do you think that it perhaps got stronger because of the religious indoctrination? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Okay. It's. I don't really know. It's because it's not. This isn't like. It's a, to me, it's like a sensory thing, you know, mm-hmm. because it's just my, as far as I can tell, my brain has always just felt certain kinds of pain, like it just feels sexual before I yes. even had the language to know what that meant. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's like from literally, literally from five years old, like, you know, girl grabs me. Um, also, um, you know, when <laughs> this girl on the street once asked if she could just kick me in the, and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, I already knew I liked it. It's like, yay, you know, and it just was like, it, it just felt amazing. It felt <laughs> like, you know, so. Um, Honestly, you've just too, so. been pretty lucky in terms of just like happenstance for your kink to like. Yeah, lucky. <laughs> and, and of course, unlucky too, because there's a lot of unwanted experiences as well. Because like yes. I said, my brain just reacts that way to pain. And there's a lot of experiences I did not want to have. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so. But so that it's hard to know whether religion really makes that stronger, you know, what it mm-hmm. did is it changed the way it did definitely change the way I interacted with it, though. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so part of it being that my religion is, you know, I grew up, okay, and I did not have a television when I grew up, my parents hid it away. So I didn't get it from the TV either. <laughs> <laughs> um, unlike some MRAs who come into masochist chat rooms and claim everyone who likes uh, ball busting has been brainwashed by feminism, this yeah, actually uh-huh. is a thing. Yeah, th- th- uh, there was none of that where I grew up. I grew up in a small conservative religious town in the middle of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just really hard to pinpoint, you know. Like, yes. Um, so what what I did though is I I with my religion, like, because my religion was so male dominant, I just created my own sort of like, and I actually absolutely believed in it, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. But I believed it was true. So yeah. I kind of create my own like split little mental world I lived in with that was the total opposite of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I would go to it every night and have a little ritual where I'd enter into it and then um, yeah. live in that one instead. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, the brain does so many things to protect yeah. us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't mm-hmm. know if I knew about that before. I might have mentioned it briefly on the first episode where I mentioned mm-hmm. the word paracosm, you know, which ah, is like yes. a, the imaginary world, because it, it got really developed after a number of years. It wasn't just it wasn't just you know a bunch of BDSM femdom ball busting fantasies. It was like worlds with languages, and like I even made like my own scripts, and I started working on music for the different worlds, and had maps and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, it turned into something after. It's <laughs> amazing. Level. Yeah. I love your brain so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you uh, exited the church. Yeah. And found your way uh, in your mid-20s. Yeah. The first step, I think, was getting, well, I had just enough experience of learning a little bit about science work and computer programming that I had, like, always my brain was always trying to, like, this feels wrong. This doesn't add up. And I don't like it. And so when I first got the internet, um, so 25 years ago, and finally for the first time in my life, had my own space to myself without everything I was reading being and doing being regulated all day long. 
one day, about 20, probably almost exactly 25 years ago now, because it was in the fall, I sit down on Metacrawler, whatever the fuck it was back then, and <laughs> just search, start searching for things like girl kicks guy in balls and something like that, you know? And lo and <laughs> lo, I discovered the scene back then that existed back then um, with um, tiny little pay sites where you would download two second real player files. It took forever to download over dial up and mail order tapes from New York that you had to pay, pay for by, you know, with, with wire transfers and stuff like that. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, that's it. <laughs> what like, was that wow. like ordering your porn like that? I've never had to do that. I I downloaded the. I never bought VHS tapes because I didn't have a private place to play them. But I did mm -hmm. get some of the real player MPEG files from back then. You know, it was exciting to wait two hours for them to download and then watch <laughs> the five second clip. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you're really into a porn sequence, you're usually going to watch a short section anyway and loop it. I think, yes. right? You know? yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It's a, yeah. <laughs> I'm a skip the... past the story yeah. type of person. So, <laughs> I want the action. <laughs> We've discussed this before. I remember this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, it, it was an amazing discover I wasn't the only one out there because as far as I knew at that point, I was. I had no idea that anyone else mm -hmm. out there was, was into this. It mm -hmm. was, I was like, whoa. And then discovering, you know, little news groups and chat sites and then, of course, um, Parties. everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, later on, finally, it took that long to get out of the church because I started, you know, discovering I hadn't really been taught what evolution was. <laughs> like, it just, everything just unspiraled from there. And that about, I think, when I was 25, 26, I officially was out, you know, and then. Okay. That, so, yeah. That's a long time to be in it, too. I was really in it at the time. Like, yeah. I was deeply in it. Yeah. Oof. And really, uh, like, having to unlearn and relearn everything. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, and the fact that you had to do that in your like late twenties, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, like when you're talking about people that don't understand, like, um, like, oh, how can people like who grew up in these little things, how can they not figure it out? They grew up in these little right wing extremist groups. I wouldn't call them extremists. It's definitely out there, but, um, <laughs> you know, they don't. They higher don't. than, uh, yeah. you know, chill. <laughs> higher than, definitely higher than chill. Yes. <laughs> but the fact is like your thoughts aren't private. You don't have a space to think for yourself. Like God is always listening to your thoughts. I look back at my old diaries back then, and I'm, I'm when I, even when I'm trying to write about anything even related to my sexuality, I don't write it directly. I hint at things. I'm constantly certain that God's judging every thought I have. So yeah. you, it's like it took a long time to to break out of that kind of a uh, mindset. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I I kind of want to ask you a bit about like how um and you know turn will turn in a dire different direction if you're uncomfortable but sure. um like being in in the church like that and your sort of gender identity um especially with like where you were it was very like strict sort of expectations mm -hmm. right very strict gender roles yes yeah and then, like how did that feel for you can't say i ever liked it it felt, it felt wrong. It felt wrong. I would, no, I would ask my mom questions like, "Why, why can't like women talk from the platform and things like mm -hmm. that?" Like, mm -hmm. like, I didn't understand why they had these rigid roles for like women and like it was just there was so much weirdness in it. And of course, I mean, like I said, there was just so much stuff in the Bible I didn't like at the same time. Like, uh, I I read it very literally. I believed it all actually happened. 
And mm. when you have a mindset like by myself, where pain is a very sexual thing, the Bible is a really violating thing to read when you're a kid. It's, yes. it's all it is. It's just a bunch of never-ending male dom for like 350 pages, interspersed yeah. with some really boring genealogy and some <laughs> rituals <laughs> about like what to do with goats. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> That's the best wisdom of the Bible That's for the best me. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. Anyway, um, I can appreciate it now as a myth, you know. I can, but and I've it's fun to, you know, look back and on that that way. But you know, at the time, it was so it was real to me. It was visual, like you know. So, yeah. So I was very happy to get out. But if you're asking how I survived the time, it was like it was or what I thought at the time. I didn't like any of it, absolutely mm-hmm. none of it. So I always noticed that masculinity was tied with violence and power and domination ever since I was a kid, I was acutely aware of it to mm. some degree, even though if I didn't have the language and being raised, you know, that way I no doubt participated in it at times, you know, until I grew up. It's just, but, yeah. So how was it when you discover the world, let's say, and, you know, see what the kink scene is and femdom and, you know, all the extreme of what you used to See, at first, basically. At first, I was kind of terrified because I was—I okay. didn't feel good about it, have, having it in myself either. I felt guilty about it all the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and was trying to hide it, admit it didn't happen, it wasn't there, and that it wasn't actually even sex because I, yeah. I, you know, had a very negative view of sex. Um, and yeah, I was actually really kind of scared of it all at first, but I think it was just a gradual thing. You know, the more I came to, like when I first moved to moved out of my small town, moved to the big city. The first person I stayed with was openly gay. I'd never met anyone in my life who was openly queer before in any way, right? Because where I grew up, everything was super homophobic. And just, the guy was not a good person. I got to tell you right now, it was a sketchy scenario. I'm going to skip over it, that part. I just don't want to get into it. But um, needless to say, just seeing him as a human being was enough for me to recognize that I'd been lied to a lot about this stuff. And it just opened up from there. And then it turned out that once I, the more open I became and the more I was able to discuss things, and it took a long time for me to fully open up. Like I don't, I didn't openly talk about being kinky until I was 30 years old, basically, mm-hmm. you know, it was like huge psychological walls of fear built up over my whole life. But the more I did, the more easier it got. And then my friends opened up to me and I discovered, it turns out just about everyone I like is queer. They just weren't telling me, you know, <laughs> a bunch of them are kinky as well. It's just like we all meet up. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like so. recognizes like sometimes. And yeah. uh, it's, you know, those are like our sort of saving uh, mechanisms. Yeah. 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 So was, was your first uh, real dungeon experience that you were kind of fully, mostly open about it and living it? A little bit better. Oh, my first. Okay, well, my first time I like a dungeon or like a party or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, like, like the first real event that you went and you were like, "This is it tonight." Is yeah, when you were like fully and, out. Yeah, fully out. Right. Okay. You know, actually, a tricky one because that would have been um, shortly before, maybe about a year before I met you. Mm-hmm. And maybe actually maybe a year and a half before I met you because I was able to come out only under the influence of substances, which um, I'm not, I don't advocate anyone doing it that way without a therapist. I'm just saying, because mm-hmm. this is a public mm-hmm. show, but that's, that's <laughs> how I did it. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, that's how I did it. And there was a very nervous year after that of dealing with the fallout of actually opening up about it for the first time. 
because when I, when I was under the effect, all those walls broke down. Um, and I first made a plan to play with a Dom, but it didn't work out. Something went wrong and that got postponed. And then I started dating someone whom you know very well. And it was, I think, I believe it was actually with her that I went with the first parties. Hmm. Yeah. So it probably would have been at Clio or something like that. <laughs> Clio or um, at uh, where Hell Kitty used to have her have her parties back then. But yes. one of those two places is probably the first party I went to. And I met you a few months after that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Yeah, the first experience. So the first experiences were like, you know, I was already like I had told my partners, like the first person I ever dated, I told I was into this, but I was still really nervous. So I didn't talk about it much. We still play a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then when I met the person who you know, I'm talking about, yes. <laughs> um, I was much more open by then because I'd already had that experience. And, and uh, so, yeah, there was just a lot of uh, fun horseplay. And <laughs> Oh, po like, pony like, I play. I, or, no, I mean like horseplay in the same with roughhousing, you know. Like oh, just, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. And stuff like that. Like, I don't remember mm. the specifics of the first parties I went to, like, but I mean, I remember some parties. Like, I definitely remember when we went to Torture Garden and I met you. Yes. That was pretty, uh, pretty epic. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's, yeah, one of the first times we met. Yeah, pretty sure. One of the first times. It might yeah. have been at Clio or there, but yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Do you want to, do you want to talk about, you, you noted it down as a, a notable story. How, well, I, talk about I, your torture garden experience. Uh, first of all, as a musician, I greatly appreciated the music they were playing. It was like some first wave <laughs> industrial, love that stuff. Um, nice. it's, I don't find it sexual. I just like it. Just <laughs> like it. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, there was also a neb nebula. Uh, Natasha mm -hmm. Nebula there Natasha was there Nebula. doing a, a, a suspension mm, and nice. a really annoying guy asking her these questions and, and it was like go away go away <laughs> anyway <laughs> my, my, when I met you I was in the VIP area I believe upstairs and you were blue yes you were completely blue and you I believe you had those I mean I, I would remember because I you know love shoes and boots but you had those long kind of um, shape ones that had like the the curve shape I guess like the you, you had like a big pair of platforms on. I don't, oh, I don't remember yes, were like my the, pony boots. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pretty sure it was those. Yeah. And, uh, well, and uh, Hell Kitty was there and of two two of my exes who I get along <laughs> very well with. <laughs> and at one point, you all had me against the wall downstairs. I was kind of kneeling and you were all walking up to me and just booting me right in the junk. One after the other. <laughs> well, um, so we haven't really talked very much uh, on this yet, but uh, Mix S is one of the hardest ball busting receivers I've ever met in my like 14 years experience. Um, and it's like it's incredibly impressive the um, force with which they can take a beating. Um I remember uh, a, a time shooting, well, we have filmed together in the past, uh, mm -hmm. and I uh, took a good old, a big kick, like I'm talking swing back Charlie Brown uh, football kick, and there is the most delicious gif of my little foot swinging forward, hitting them in the genitals, and then... The genitals just swinging back, 
forward, up, and back down, and a little fall, 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 fall. I'm going to take a brief moment of your time to discuss our social media. If you would like to email us, it's subsegmentpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash subsegment. And Instagram at subsegmentpodcast. If you would like to check out our super sexy website made by our very own in-house good boy, please head on over to subsegmentpodcast.com. And, as always, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, as well as on Perth's number one online radio station, DRN1 United. I would like to ask you, uh, because we were kind of a bit on the topic of shame earlier, uh, mm-hmm. and you mentioned uh, conversations with people in the community about shame feels preventing them from talking to partner um, partners. And I was wondering uh, what your experiences like have been like for that. Myself, I avoided it the first date, the first night of the first date. Even though I am a ball, a wreckage ball of fear, I, I told my partner that I was kinky. I just said I'm kinky. And my first response was, yay! Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of just was the same. It was like like attracts like, but I also had a hunch. Okay. Like I had a hunch, just the way they, they present, the, or the way she presents herself and mm-hmm. the kinds of things she was into. I had a hunch it wouldn't be a problem. I have, it is such a part of my life that I've never wanted. And I, once I, I got the tiniest bit of mental freedom, I never wanted to push myself down into a hole again with anyone, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what. Um, however, not everyone has that luxury. Some people, I mean, some people get like, it's, you, I mean, you've, you've seen this too, right? You know, there's people who have never told their primary partners that they're kinky and they go out and sneak out on the side to see, uh, you know, a, a, a dom or a, mm-hmm. something because they just, they just can't talk about it and, and they're just like, so it's definitely, it is definitely an issue. Like, and we get, you get a lot of people come onto these forums asking, how do I talk to my partner? You know, and is, and it's, and the hard part is just like, it, it really isn't that hard if you're just, if you just have a little bit of, you know, confidence and, and respect for yourself in that regard, you know, but if you think that it's, it's this horrible, gross thing and you're kind because there's a lot of stigma, obviously, about these things, you know, Absolutely. Um, it makes it that much harder. And it's even harder because then you can't even present it with a sense, you want to be able to just present it in a nice way, ideally with a mm-hmm. sense of humor, because it is a lot of fun. Yes. Know? And <laughs> I, if you can't approach kink with humor, you're not going to be able to deal with half the shit in, that like comes from it. Just the mistakes you make. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, yeah. But you know, it, it is fun and it can actually be funny. Like it can be a lot of things, you know, and, and so yeah, that that's definitely a, a thing, you know, but so people try to just encourage each other the best they can to, you know, um, like, I think it helps to have forms people can talk to each other and they find out they're not alone. But mm-hmm. even then, you're still going to go offline and you might be in, maybe you're in a very conservative environment where everyone, or, or maybe not, not even necessarily conservative, there's a lot of environments that are people, um, where the only things you'll hear about kink are stigmatizing things, you know, and so it's important to have these things available like for me the best thing that helped me get over those feelings of shame was actually going out to fetish parties for me the more parties i went out to and the more i just saw people doing the things they did uh the more i just learned to understand where where i was situated because before i was just kind of naive i had no idea right and suddenly you just realize people are so diverse and they're into so many weird different things and the one thing you're into is just another you know 
it's great, but it's just, you know, it's nothing. Another drip in the pond. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. But also the big difference I find is often people don't think like everything is super consensual. I don't know how to say that. Consens- consensual. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that's a big aspect that uh, people often forget about. And the judgment come out, I think, very yeah. much from that most of the time. There is an issue with that, particularly with this kink, I find. And to kind of, it's on a tangent, but to can kind of give you a story. Um, yes. Uh, so I'm talking to someone a few months ago on one of these forums, and he's 30 years old. And I, you know, he knows he's into ball busting. He loves it. it, it it's very erotic for him. But, and he's, he's having a nice conversation. Like he's asked me about my experiences, but not in a titillating way, just like an encouraging way. Hey, the pandemic sucks, you know, and how are you holding up? Hope you're having a good time. And I get to talking to him and I find out he admits he's never had a consensual experience. By that, I mean, every experience he's had so far has been like through bullying or hazing or something like that. <sighs> and he feels pretty awful about it. Like he's not happy having that his only experiences have come through that he didn't want them, you know? Yeah. And it's, and this is, I find that like, it's not, it's not uncommon. People, like it's an, and it's another problem I find because like if you're into this kink, you're growing up, you're never going to see a consensual depiction of it anywhere, mm-hmm. right? The only depictions you're going to see in the media are non-consensual, right? Mm-hmm. It's always going to be like a you know a violent scenario or self-defense or something like that, and yeah, someone twisting further away or you know it's just you know, it's you're never going to have a depiction of it as part of a healthy relationship growing up. And you're just not going to see it anywhere because you could literally take, you know, two people in a room like this wearing regular clothes and that and one person kicks the person in the balls. And, on, and if it's on Disney, it's rated PG. But if it's consensual, it's rated triple X and it's gross mm-hmm. and you got to hide it from everyone. Right. Yeah. And I, and I understand it's complicated. There's probably, you know, no reasons. But mm-hmm. the long and short is people don't have any idea of what a consensual play is like. And they come onto these forums and. They, all their experiences are non-consensual, right? So it, it's, it's another reason why you need these things, to people to be able to talk about it and figure out what it is they like and how to even approach a partner with it and do it yeah. in a consensual way. But that's another thing that you mentioned, um, going into the scene for the first time and how people could be pushy. Oh, yes, I got that. Absolutely. You know, uh, and friends of mine have too. It's the kind of thing where, oh, I don't want to do everything, you know. I'm not into the stuff. Oh, that. Oh, if you're not, if you're, if you're setting boundaries for yourself, then you're not a real sub. Let's talk about how people in the ball busting and CBT communities differ from stereotypes about masochists. What I've discovered over the years, first of all, I mean, you, I, I mean, you sure you've probably counted yourself too. Masochism certainly does not correlate with submission. No. I my first experiences venturing into ball busting online way back in the nineties was <laughs> a whole lot of ma- of really dominant agro men, tech bros in California, um, who you know just wanted a submissive girl to beat them in between everything else basically because they just like the sensations you know, um, and uh, but of course that's not the template right. There's so many ways of, being, of mixing dominant submission that's i mean i'm just that's that was just my first experience I'm just saying, yes you know. absolutely <laughs> but yeah but it but gone immediately was any idea that it court it was like you know masochism was submission it's not it's, there's so many different kinds of masochism right there's a, there's kind of pe- some people that do it as an act of submission some people like the endorphins for me it's very it's just feels really sexual <laughs> you know <laughs> um 
and so there's that. Another thing I've found is that a lot of people into ball busting are into casual kink. They're not actually into, um, like a lot of people are intimidated by the fetish scene. They would never go to parties. They don't necessarily like dressing up. They just want the girl next door to beat them up, you know? And so they're still into masochism, still legit, you know? They just don't necessarily uh, like dressing up and stuff. They, I think they're perfectly happy to just uh, casual, you know, stuff or the, some that's, people like that's okay though you know like yeah. uh i every now and then you you gotta get your like your carl's in and uh talk about his, his every, nine to five office job and then you turn over and you can talk to lady satine <laughs> 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 you know you need all flavors at the party <laughs> yeah so even like even within ball busting, there's so many people. There's so many reasons people are into it. There's not one reason. So there's there, I couldn't ever say there's one narrative that explains why everyone's into it. You know, because it's just so many. Some people, a lot of people into ball busting are not like me. They're not. It's not actually because it feels good. Some people are into it because they're submissives. Um, some people it's very situational. Whereas for me, it's not actually situational. It just always feels a certain way. But some people, you know, so like there's there's so many reasons people get into it that's that's just what i mean it's not really a stereotype there's not really one explanation you'd have to you could talk to 10 people and get a different answer you know um so i may have a, a little fitting internet kind of talk you did mention something about uh phishing uh via instagram yeah myself actually not just me but some other people too who i know had who has one or two friends who uh, have like dom like like pro dom profiles on instagram last year we started getting multiple messages from fake dom accounts like like several per day all, almost all year long so someone out there was trying to i don't know if they were trying to like fish like submissives or something like but it's it's the weirdest targeting i didn't even know this was a thing you know but yeah and these, these what they, the, the fake profiles are literally i think they just took real dominatrixes and rip a few of their photographs to make a fake profile wow. so i even found out like one in town i think i got like a, a message from a fake heather hellfire account once and I oh sent yeah to, no to i Hell remember Kitty that. like hey you know so that's <laughs> weird yeah i never thought this would be a thing in my life you know that someone would actually <laughs> trying to fish to <laughs> 2021 Year of Here the submissive go. fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that could lead to uh, a question about uh, OmniFans. I know that's something oh. that uh, is very close to your heart. And the or your frustration, frustration yeah, heart. Yeah. Oh, it was more just, well, I'm sure, you know, not, it was more for people who, like, there are a few, some of the more popular sites on OnlyFans for this kink are in Canada. There's two in mm -hmm. Toronto. Um, and they just, you know, might have like a an Instagram profile where they'll post pictures themselves and the odd like Instagram story, and then mm. everyone goes to their OnlyFans. But a lot of people they're constantly getting harassed by OnlyFans, and they get shut down. Some of them had to change websites. They get their videos constantly deleted all the time. I mean, it was happening before on Patreon too, right? One of them mm -hmm. got there was two people in Toronto who are making a living doing ball busting videos, and uh, they got shut down for promoting violence, wow. even though they're like you know, laughing and kissing each other throughout mm -hmm. the play. But so it, yeah, it's just one of these things where it feels like you're always have to skirt the edges of um, whatever censorship is for like someone out there is offended by it. They don't like it. And you have no idea why, because it, it to, to me, it just feels so tame compared to some kinks, but I guess it just terrifies some people. Yes. So. Well, be, I, I think uh, like if you want to look at patriarchy wise, like, 
there's a lot to be read into like, well, we must protect the like imagery of like men's the the strength of of balls you know on the internet must not look weak uh and like that has like somehow become extra lewd when like uh you know that becomes like quadruple x like rated you can't Mm. find it on the internet and you have uh the almost like opposite shift where like a lesbian porn like literally just lesbians having sex is only considered single x right so like it can they can be like full penetration, but it's not considered like hardcore sex because there isn't like a, a set of testicles involved. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. all these technical rules, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I just find it so weird because like the stuff they're posting, they weren't naked. They're just like literally like those like like I said, this is something you could see literally in a Disney movie, other, other than just the the slight extra context in it. Like visually, it's just, <laughs> they're just the girl. She's in her yoga pants, and he's just standing there, and his you know. I don't know. It's just, it's just so. Well, you know, yoga pants are really, really popular in porn. Yes. <laughs> well, fair. <laughs> I mean, give a good look. Yes. Absolutely. I'm not going to. I like, I definitely like legs. <laughs> I yes. I, like, I yes. mean, they're attached to things that are good at kicking you. <laughs> they also kick. I like yes. really strong legs. <laughs> yes. What is um, the strongest pair of legs you've ever had? See, this is the thing. It doesn't like your brain would automatically think, "Oh, the the the, the strong, curvy thunder thighs," like that. But it actually doesn't always work that way. You got to watch out for people who are who are not actually, um, you know, people Beefy. who are a little bit skinnier. Oh my God! Sometimes you got to watch out for them. Wiry <laughs> folk. Yeah, good swift, uh, good swift knee, and you're done. Oh yeah, they've got the speed. It's uh, oh, yeah. aerodynamic. Uh-huh. <laughs> I kind of want to hear more about the dungeon stuff that you went to and how you mingled yourself with others and find a little bit of community into that, I guess. It just took time. It just took time. Just going up to Dungeon P, like I, it takes me time to get to know people. And I find um, dungeons can be particularly difficult, especially like more public ones, because everyone goes there with their partners. And it's like going out to any club. People don't really mm-hmm. go there to meet people outside of their group, you know? So what happened helped me was to find smaller parties run by friends where the same people show up all the time and it's more amenable to conversation. And some parties have gone out to when they're smaller. Like there's uh, there's actually no like – for a while I was going to uh, queer parties, like queer kink parties as well. They would have introductions at the beginning where people would introduce themselves and they would talk a little bit about consent at the start of the party or something like that. Like kinky would... AA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I showed up late to a, a party once that had that, and the, it was at one of Hell Kitty's parties, and her task for me was to go and say hi to every person at the party because I missed the opening. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was fun. It was actually, yeah. So that's how I've done it. And it's taken years, you know, to, to just get to know people over time, to mm-hmm. talk to them more each time. And, yeah. and they see you play, and they ask questions. And I, um, I want to talk a little bit about your solo play and your uh, solo uh, CBT. Uh, okay. Perhaps <laughs> some of your endeavors into like f- figging or hot sauce. <laughs> oh, yeah, because uh, pandemic was very uh, creative uh, time for that, I think. Hey? Yeah. I, I tr- I, I'm like on and off a solo play because I kind of want to keep myself for, for people. But but sometimes you just you just got to. Like you just yeah. got to. Like I need pain play now. So um well 
over the couple of past, like it took a long time for me to figure this out. When I was a kid, I remember trying all kinds of things. Like I would, um, uh, like I had like a little fly swatter, like the kind that you fly swatter gun. Okay. Did it clap? It was the kind of thing like where you push it back on, on a spring and it would like shoot out and then hit the fly. Oh, like, like okay. Fly swatter on it. Um, uh, welcome to the 80s where everything's invented and weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I think honestly, the first time I actually had came was from pain play with one of those things, like smacking myself. And yes. <sighs> I was imagining some girl, athletic girl at school I was, who was actually like to fight guys. And I was like, oh, <sighs> this is hot. Um, so <laughs> there was that. Um, as an adult, like it's changed somewhat. I, <laughs> I find I, I'm less. I, I need more now. I'm not. I wouldn't hurt that much now for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, so I got this. I think I showed you once. I have this ele- uh, elastic um, uh, tennis ball launcher that has like a giant fat elastic, and you pull it back like about two feet, and then it, you release it, it. Yeah, it's like a, a one of those Bart Simpson things. Slingshot. Slingshot. Yeah. But yeah, it's like a gun thing, right? And it launches tennis balls, which you can just kind of like stick right up and hit yourself with the junk with it. It's awkward, but hey, whatever, it works. <laughs> um, I sometimes, yeah, it, it, it's nice because it does take away a little bit of the predictability. Like, I actually find that self-play is somewhat, it's almost like when you try to tickle yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? You know it's coming, so you, you got to kind of almost find ways to surprise yourself so you can add in a little bit of an element. Or you try and get yourself really good early. Because you wait yeah. too long, it starts to lower. I, I mean, I have the same thoughts about like masturbation. <laughs> yeah, I like to be surprised by other people. <laughs> it's it's like why one of the most glorious things I ever got this year was probably that percussion massager because it's I, yeah. it feels a little bit like there's a little bit of an out of control element, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, other kinds of play. I mean, I've, we talked about electric, electrical play in the past. I sometimes um, like. I, I use for myself, I tend to use those TENS pads, like the ones that send voltage through you rather than just the one big shock because mm-hmm. they expand and contract the muscles. So they get right inside, they get like really deep feelings, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of inside. Um, I sometimes just hit myself. I go, I, a few times I might have gone down to the store during the pandemic and down to like Renaissance and found like a really nice looking pair of boots or, or shoes and just took, bought them and, hit myself with them <laughs> nice round toes yeah something that's easy to, mm-hmm. to for surface area you know mm-hmm. <laughs> this works oh uh, it doesn't actually not necessarily always round sometimes i kind of like those like shorter boots with the kind of flat square toes yeah it can, depends on the design it's not mm-hmm. like yeah and but the the chunky heels i love chunky heels <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh so yeah you get myself a good whack with those a few times mm-hmm Do- um, Am I hallucinating this uh, or maybe fantasizing about it? I don't know. Did you uh, tie a boot to a string in your kitchen? Is this a real thing that happened? I, I think you were trying to suggest I tried something like that. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, Actually, I was is... fantasizing about it. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to hear more of these fantasies. Um... <laughs> yes. I... I uh, I do remember last time I was on the show, you recommend you, you gave me, you gave me this, actually I did, it was really great, but I totally heard it wrong. So you were suggesting you go and get one of those like, um, fucking machines, you know, like the kinds that, mm-hmm. like, that has the thing that goes, chuk, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And you stick a yes. shoe on the end of it and it's like, have it waxed up on the balls. And when you, and when you were giving an interview, I seriously thought 
that you said milking machine. And I was sitting there trying to figure out how the how does this work? It was only after the interview I figured out. I'm like walking, like, oh right. Oh, that's funny. No, um, yeah. I absolutely would have suggested like a punching glove attached to a fucking machine. That's acne yeah. levels me. Um, but uh, so we have like a, a few minutes left, and you actually have a uh, boxing glove story. Right. So I was at a party once at Hell Kitty's a few years ago, and it was Hell Kitty and uh, one of my exes. <laughs> I yes. don't even like the word ex. Good friends still, you know. Um, and they were giving me a good beat down with boxing gloves and um, like a little bit to the face, which was kind of fun. And mm-hmm. then and then a few good uppercuts to the to the balls. And they I was wearing like this, this like not like a spiky, but still a studded like, you know, punky belt. And I was right against the wall when they were hitting me and they're pounding away. And as a, after we stepped away, it, I had my belt had gone through the gyp rock, the drywall. They had like punched me into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't want to overhype my pain tolerance because sometimes my balls are really slippery and they get out of the way so people don't always hit them or yeah. so people hit the wrong area like they kind of go too far back sometimes mm-hmm. you know like but yeah I did go into the wall at the time <laughs> a little bit. It, it's very superhero-y in my mm-hmm. brain yeah. <laughs> yeah totally right it's like the punch and the person goes flying through the wall like <laughs> yes absolutely um, i just have one last question then okay um what is the one thing you would love to try that is been on your mind for a long long time one thing where do i start holy shit <laughs> i have like a bucket list of about a bajillion things to to try you know mm-hmm. um I'll, I'll maybe I'll just go with the first couple of things I think I put on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, list. Mm-hmm. Um, there was I know that it's possible to do this. I'm not sure how safely, but but I've heard of. So we have to be careful. Um, but you can like hang someone by the balls. <laughs> yeah, do suspension by the testicles. Yeah, that would be really hot. I mean, it would be easy enough to just like do as a play thing. We just yeah. tie your balls up, and then I've got like a a a a beam to throw over the rope and you just fucking do, 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 do. You might not get off the ground, but you'll get the sensation. <laughs> That's true. You don't need to get fully off the ground for it still to be a lot of pull, you know? Yes. You could invest in some um, pulley systems and, you know, you just, the the smallest amount of force will give you great, uh, great pull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just need someone to tie you with a harness yeah. for like a yeah, yeah. that or so you're supported that or actually being I mean that or like actually being held by my arms like this by like from a suspension thing and being beaten when I can't actually move because it'd be fun to be more restrained than- while yeah. also on a trampoline. Yeah, oh, you, you have no idea. When I was a kid, oh my god! Okay, there was this time I was on a trampoline, and there were these girls, and they were like kicking at the guys the whole time. And all I was thinking the whole time was like, I just was trying, like, if I was only in the right spot. And she did actually get one of the guys. I'm pretty sure. Like uh, you know, when, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Trampolines. That is that is actually you. Yeah, you, trampoline. I, I've renewed a kink. <laughs> trampoline busting. All right. Uh, with that, folks. I'm going to take us out. Thank you so much again. Oh, uh, do you have anywhere you want uh, to shout out or um, anywhere that you can be found on the internet on FetLife maybe? Oh, right. I mean, I do have, I do have a profile, uh, Lexime on FetLife. Um, 
L-E-X-E-M-E, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I don't have, I mean, eventually I'm going to try and get some kind of like, probably Social soon. Media. <laughs> yeah, like more of a, just, I, honestly, I just want it for myself. Just like a Twitter mm-hmm. feed that I can, I can just browse all the fun on Twitter and not have to worry about my vanilla friends and finding out everything I'm looking at. Yes. Or something and, or, yeah, but, uh, or post the occasional CG thing I make or something too. Yes. So. Yeah. Oh, we'll we'll have you come on and we can talk about that okay. another day. Right, right. <laughs> so many topics. Yeah. So many nerdy topics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for coming on our show. Thank you for oh, coming. Yeah. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Always nice to chat with you. Yeah. <laughs> with that, folks, stay kinky and stay safe. Stay safe. Yes. <laughs> I'm Noodle. I'm Irony. I'm Mix S. Bye. Bye. Bye.